0: Since the beginning of Lent, we've been going through some of the old covenants, the great covenants, the covenant with Noah, the covenant with Abraham, covenant with Moses. We've even gone through the failings of those covenants on the human Israelite side, but never on God's side, of course. Uh, But this week, as we quickly approach Holy Week, the hour has come where we start talking about this new covenant, one which Jeremiah foretells of in that first reading we heard of today. He says, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant. I will place my law within them and write it upon their hearts. I will be their God, they shall be my people, they shall know me. That's re-echoed in our second reading, a letter to the Hebrews, very priestly letter written to the Jews. And then John 12, our gospel, the last chapter, so right before these, the preceding 11, were all about Jesus' ministry. Chapter 12 comes and then the rest that follow are all about his passion. It's written, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Amen, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. And he said this, indicating of what kind of his death would be. Some really powerful words from Jesus for telling his own death. But my favorite line from this gospel is one that kind of just stuck it, stuck it, stood out to me. It's these Greeks that approach Jesus, approach the apostles first and say, sir, we would like to see Jesus. And it's only after this request of these Greeks that Jesus gives them this very prophetic response. He's effectively saying to them, these Greeks, to kind of the Gentiles, we could say, oh, you want to really see me? Well, it's going to be a crucified me. In other words, are, are you okay with that? The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. That's what he says to them. And then he compares his death not to the Passover, to the land that was foretold by all the prophets, but to a little grain of wheat. It's a very interesting move by Jesus. In other words, he doesn't say, I'm going to be dying in your place. I came to save you. He doesn't say, I came to satisfy the needs of justice, to undo original sin perfectly, to open the gates of heaven. He doesn't say any of that, although all those things absolutely happened through his death and resurrection. But that's not the point that he's wishing to teach us, to teach them. Rather, what he is saying is to do the Father's will above everything, even above himself, is of the most importance. And it's through that, doing the Father's will, that victory will be won. You can think of Paul's uh, first letter to the Corinthians. He says, Jews demand signs, Greeks look for wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and utter foolishness to the Gentiles. To put these needs in front of another, our needs in front of another, the needs of God the Father, is just foolishness to the world. And that's the great paradox of the gospel That's what Jesus is teaching us in this new covenant, this new reality which we're called to imitate in this grain of wheat. That Jesus' greatest humiliation upon the cross is actually his glorification. What looks like, surface level, a triumph for Satan is actually his condemnation and an exorcism. Even mankind's rejection of Jesus on the cross is the instrument by which they're all drawn to him. So Jesus's total self-gift, his death, results in our eternal life. What a paradox that is in the gospel. But that just as Jesus consented to this death upon the cross, this paradox, like the grain of wheat, he tells us, so must my disciples. Whoever serves me must follow me. So we go back to the beginning of the gospel again when these Greeks approach the apostles, the Gentiles, symbolic of us, And they say, sir, we would like to see Jesus. And they say, okay, well, there he is. That's where he's going to be upon the cross. What do you say now? Do you still want to see him? So I invite us to ask ourselves this week in our prayer, when you seek Jesus, who is it that you are really seeking? Is it a false idea of who you think he is, of what he is about, what he should be like? of what you think this church is or ought to be, that there's something that the church teaches that you struggle with, don't agree with, and so you just dismiss that thing, our own preconceived needs and ideas. I think this week, in a beautiful way, we could just put ourselves, our families, in front of a crucifix in our home and pray with this. To ask the Lord, what is it that you, my heavenly Father, desire for me? Um, Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal that to me so that we may better know the law that is written upon our hearts, that new covenant. A law that describes how we are his beloved sons and daughters created to know him, to serve him, to be loved by him.